Okay, good morning everyone. We are good to see everyone here today. And we are moving on today to the next Pasuk. In a sense, we're mo- moving on to, to, to another person. What I mean is that we're in the, in, in the midst of this discussion of these Pesukim describing the condition of the world leading up to the Mabel and, um, and uh, what was going on and what led to the destruction. And last week we focused on the, the phrase in the Torah where as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is dis- expressing his concern, uh, to put it mildly, about the world and, uh, and where things were going. So he said that his spirit, his soul, is not going to struggle or judge or, or, or remain contained. Wow, look at that pink. Um, they, they, within, within people forever. For he is also flesh. And we brought the Gemara in Chulin that says, Beshagam is Moshe Rabbeinu, is the Gematria of Moshe. And we, we talked a little bit about how Moshe Rabbeinu, how Moshe Rabbeinu stands. Here we're talking about, the, about death. And Moshe Rabbeinu's death was the most atypical of deaths, and we talked about you know that you know that that piece that contrast that's there uh, that's there between Moshe Rabbeinu and and what we have here at the at the Dar Hamavu. Today, if we're going to be fortunate, we're going to end up by a different person, another very important person. When we talk about the Dar Hamavu and its and it's opposite, and then that person's going to be Avram Avinu. But it's going to take us a little bit of time to get to him. You know, the importance of Avram Avinu in this dynamic is, of course, significant. Uh, when you just think about the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avis, when the, uh, the, um, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avis, which describes that there were ten generations from Adam until Noah, to show you how patient HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, because these generations were increasingly angering HaKadosh Baruch Hu until the waters of the Mabul came and, uh, and washed them away. And then it says there were 10 generations from Noah until Avram, to show you, and they were increasingly angering HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to show you how patient HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, because all of these generations were, again, increasingly angering him until Avram Vinu came and received the reward of them all. There's a contrast between what happens when Noach comes on the scene and when Avram Avinu comes on the scene. When Noach comes on the scene, the world is destroyed. When Avram comes on the scene, the world is saved. The world is saved. Now, one might say there's a, there's a more, so to speak, jaundiced way to look at it, that the world is, is spiritually rather than physically destroyed because Avram was chosen as the chosen from the world, from within the world, and everyone else, the other nations of the world, become, so to speak, a different tier than Avram Avinu. Whereas in the time of Nayach, the whole world was, excuse the choice of words, in the same boat. Right? The whole world was, was, you know, was together. Everybody was destroyed, and Noach was chosen. He was the one to live. So by Avram Avinu was a spiritual destruction rather than a physical destruction. And, you know, we say... Harsinai is called Harchorev because that brought churban la'ilam. It brought destruction to everybody else who was, was out of the loop, who wasn't chosen. But there's also an aspect which is clear, which the Rishayim write about, that the reason why in Avram Avinu's day the world wasn't destroyed was because Avram Avinu would help to bring them back b'tshuva. Avram Avinu, as opposed to Noyach, as we've, we've already touched upon this and it will continue to be a point of discussion, Whereas Noach, given 120 years 
with props to try to get people to turn around did not bring anybody with him on the boat after the after all that period of time. He was not successful. Avram Avinu was machzir people b'tshuva. Avram Avinu was the Avham Goyim, the father of the multitude of nations. He taught people. He taught people about Hakadosh Baruch Hu and more, as we will see, Mir Tashem, and more. So therefore, seeing the differences between Noach and Avram is going to be an ongoing sugya in our study of these parshias. Seeing the difference between Avram Avinu as he emerges from this, and how Avram Avinu is different uh, in the description of what's going on, will therefore also be significant. But, as we said, we're going to put it aside a little bit the discussion of Avram Avinu, and let's look at this Pasuk. This Pasuk is, like the Psukim before it, quite obscure, quite a little bit difficult in terms of simple translation. So remember that in the previous two Psukim, what the verses read were, it said, right, as man began to multiply on the face of the earth, daughters were born to him, and the Bnei Elohim, the children of God, saw the daughters of man that they were good. They took wives as they chose, and Hashem said, I'm not going to struggle with them forever, etc. And now, Pasuk Dalit. The Nephilim were in the land at that time. I didn't translate Nephilim. We will. And afterwards as well, that the Bnei Elohim, Elohim, however you want to say it, holy or, or regular, came to the B'nai Sodom, to the daughters of man, alluded to before, that they were good and they were taking wives from them as they wished. The old Ulehem, they bore children for them. They were the Gibayrim that were me'olam, from always, the people of name. Okay, so what, is that, what on earth does that Pasuk mean? Right? So, so the, the Nephilim were in the land, they seem to be the product of the B'nai Elohim having relations with the B'nai Adam, And then the Torah tells you a little bit what they are. They are the Gibayrim. They are the mighty ones that were always the Anshe Hashem, the people of note. In fact, if you look at the Targum Unculus, he translates Hanafilim as Giboraya. Gibayrim, right? And, uh, you know, Inun Giboraya. Later it says they are the Gibayrim. Instead of using two words, Nephilim and Gibayrim, he just uses the word Gibayrim both times. And these Gibayrim are the result of this union between the Bnei Elohim, Kim, and the Bnei Adam. Who are the Bnei Elohim, Kim? Right before we talked about princes, leaders, that's one possibility. And another possibility was angels, which we didn't, which we specifically did not explore in great depth, and we said we're going to put it off for Another time, who knows when that time will be. It isn't going to be today. And then we had the other, which was that Bnei Elohim is people. Because people are Bnei Elohim. Bnei Elohim, the children of Elohim. The Tselem Elohim, the image of God, formed by God, created by God. And uh, here, in this context, let's read ourselves a little bit of Rashi. Hanafilim. Because they fell themselves, and they caused the world to fall. In Hebrew, it's a term for Anakim. There are two terms which are used in the Torah to refer to giants. One, are nefi- one is Nephilim, and the other 
is Anokim. V'sham ra'inu as hanafilim b'nei Anok min hanafilim. We saw the nafilim, the children of the giants, min hanafilim. However you translate that verse, that's what it says when the Meraglim came to Eretz Yisrael. It said, especially in Hebron, where there were Achimon, Sheishai, Vitalmai, the children of the Anok, right? And Sham Reinu is Hanafilim Bnei Anok Min Hanafilim. So Nafilim are Anokim. But Rashi says, why are they called Nafilim? They fell. They caused the world to fall. Nafilim is not a term which is used as a compliment. Just as a point of reference, the Hebrew term, for a child that fails to come to fruition, a miscarried fetus is a nafil. So maybe there's an implication here of children that failed to reach their potential to develop into what they were expected to develop. They were born. They were born. But there's such a thing as a living nafil. Well, the Ramban in Parshas Hazinu, where the Torah says, it refers to the Jewish people as an am novel, an am novel, many times, a few times it's used as a term novel over there. What's a novel? So the novel can mean the disgusting, a disgusting person, and a veil is a corpse. And the Ramban says it's Milosha Nafal. Nafal, Nafal. You know, the sounding, the, the moza, the, the, the form of expression of it is very similar and it's interchangeable. And it's, they've fallen from what a human being is supposed to be fallen humans. <clears throat> right? So you could have a Nafal in the most literal sense, the child who fails to be born. You could have a Nevela, which is a corpse the person whose life ends, and then you could have the person who in life is clearly a failure of fulfillment, whether someone who gets called a novel for their vulgar behavior, or these nephilim. But isn't it fascinating that it's the giants who we refer to as nephilim? And by falling, they also cause the world to fall. Which stems with the previous passage, because... Uh, God said that uh, man's only going to get 120 years. Right. So they, this is a fits. Death, failure, yes. In that sense it is. So let's take a look over here at a Ramban that we referenced before. I'm sorry, we didn't finish the Rashis. And by the way, we definitely won't finish Rashis from the sheet because I actually left out a few of the Rashis which should have been included. By Yomim Ohem, you don't have it on the sheet, I just have Rashi in front of me. We made our Enosh in the days of the generation of Enosh, Uvnei Kayin, and the children of Kayin. In those days, meaning all of those murky, difficult periods in these ten generations, that's where the Nephilim were there around then. And even afterwards, and even afterwards, what's the even afterwards, says Rashi, beautiful thing. Remember that Chazal teach us that there was a terrible, terrible destruction that was brought upon the world in the days of the generation of Enosh. There was a Mabel that washed away a third 
of the world. The waters of the ocean rose. It can happen, as you know. Right? And it washed, maybe based on the earlier conversation, it can't happen. Um, right? But the waters of the ocean rose and washed away a third of the, of the land. But nevertheless, the Dharamab will learn nothing from it. The Dharamab will learn nothing from it. And they just kept on doing their thing, not being chastened, not, being, you know, not becoming somehow more hesitant as a result. So look at this, they keep going. When they had relations, they had further anakim. The gibayrim, says Rashi, gibayrim isn't a term of physical might. Gibayrim, the first time, uh, sorry, not the first time, but later time we're going to have gibayrim in the parsha is Nimrod was called a gibor. He was a rebellious gibor. He flexed his muscle against the divine. And then Rashi says, and here you have it quoted, Anshe Hashem, Oisan Shenikfu B'Shem, those who are mentioned by name, Irod, Mechuyoel, Mesushoel, Shenikru, Al Shem, Avdon. These are all names that have to do with destruction. Shenimoychu V'Hutshu, because they were melted, destroyed. Is from the term Shemamon, desolation. They caused the world to become desolate. So maybe their names are indicative of destruction. But those three names are names of people who were descendants of Cain, Mocha, Misa, and negative names. Cain brought death. And these were people who in that sense did the same thing. Okay? But again, we're a little puzzled. Who are these Nephilim? What is it about? What's going on here? Giants. Giants. Those are two terms which are used to describe giants. Rashi has an explanation why Anak is a term for a giant. Anak is uh, also a term for a necklace. Manikim esachama. When you look up at them, it looks like the sun is a necklace around them. You have to understand what that means. Today we're not going to probe too much the term anak. Nefilim, I don't know if we'll have a chance to do that, uh, you know, in this in this framework. Halavai, we should. The midrash we say how tall they were. Does it give a number specifically for them? Generally, no. For Eigmelach Haboshon, yes, and we will come to him a little bit later. He was, he's left over from Yeser Harifoyim, which is also another term which is used for, 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 for them to some degree. Look at the Ramban on this Pasuk. And again, we've touched this Ramban before. Ramban is extremely significant. Adam and Chav are called the children of God. They had no other parent. They were created by the Rabbanu Shalom. The life was breathed into them by the Rabbanu Shalom. And Adam had many children. They had sons and daughters. He had sons and daughters. In other words, even though originally we're introduced to Cain and Hevel, and then we were introduced to Shes, but it says he lived after he gave birth to Shays 800 years, and he gave birth to Banim Ubanais, 
to many other sons and daughters. We don't know their names, we don't know who they are, but he gave birth to them. And these were the children of the originals, of the handiwork of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore they themselves were so complete in height and strength, because they were created in the image of their father. He created Shes in his image and form. The original Bnei Akadmoinim, Adam, Sheis, Enosh, all of them were called Bnei Elohim. Then, but then in the days of Enosh, they started worshipping And people started to get weak. Weak, failing. It says, this is the book of Toldes Adam, and that's Sheis. The earlier ones were in Toldes, Umahin Eloikus. They were more godlike. Right, we mentioned this Chazal before. At Enosh, he stopped. Because the Tzelem Elohim stopped at Enosh. Because when Avedizor came into the world, so then everything weakened. Now, that's not just a number of generations. <clears throat> it's a turn in the generations. They stopped to identify themselves as the Bnei Elohim. Continuing the Rabban. When man began to multiply and they had daughters, these men were still in their full strength. But based on their powerful desires, they chose right? what do we say before? Because they were good. The ones that were strong and, and vibrant. We said earlier that they would take them as wives by force. And then it says that they would come to Benaisa Adam, There it says they took Noshim In this Pasuk, it's saying, It doesn't say they took him as wives. It just said they, relate, they had relations with them. It wouldn't be known until Yoldulahem, until they gave birth. And they saw these children and they were, wow. They saw that they were the children of these. But they're not at the same level as their forefathers. They were strong relative to others. But they weren't like the original Nephilim. You understand what he's doing. He's been medayik. Ramban is powerfully filled with diuk, with careful reading of the Pasuk. Before it says they married them. Here it says they had relations with them. Then it says they saw the good ones. Here it doesn't say the good ones. It says the Benai Saadam, the daughters of man. It doesn't give any qualification of the good ones. So for a shidduch, it would only be matching ones. When it wasn't a shidduch, when it was just this thing that they were doing, this 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 connection, this 
in this act which they were having, they took whomever. But when the children came out, they saw, oh, these aren't, why is this woman having a child like that? Oh, it must be that the person who she had this child with was one of those guys from a different league. And this is like a further degradation. First of all, they're not marrying them. Second of all, they're not taking those suitable for them. Man is hurtling further away from being B'nehu Elohim, the children of God. <coughs> so they're strong. They're not Nephilim. The children are Gibayrim. The fathers were Nephilim. A different level of strength. Says the, the ones who were Bnei Alekim, who were Betachlis Hashlemus, who were perfect, when they had children, those children were called Nephilim, giants, but less. And when those Nephilim had relations further, even lower, <coughs> then they would have further nephilim, a further notch down. This is the descent of man. Now this Ramban needs to be understood, and I think we, we, we not only learned it in, in recent days, but we learned it also in the context of a discussion we had many months ago, <coughs> when we talked about how long people used to live in those old days relative to how long they live now. And the Ramban's explanation of that was that the closer they were to the creation, the longer they lived. And that with things like the Mabul that affected the environment, here you got it, Mamish, ocean waters rising, affecting the environment, all this liberal stuff the Ramban is talking about. But it affected the environment and it brought lifespan of Adam Arishain, of Adam, of mankind down, down, further away from being the handiwork, the creation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, says the Ramban, this is because we're moving away from Masiyad of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says, that's why you will find that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, he says, they lived older than most people, longer than most people. How do I know? Maybe it went down from 900 in the first 10 generations to 600, then maybe it went down to 175 and 180, like we find there. He says, no. Because Paro saw Yaakov Avinu, and he said, wow, how old are you? Which means it wasn't normal. It means normally people lived 70, 80 years. Like David HaMelech said, When he saw someone who lived 130 years, he said, wow. And the reason is because they were a little bit more... The fear of God adds years, adds to life. What are we trying to say over here? A human being has inside of him a piece of the Shechina. The Shechina blew into a human being a divine component. How big is the Rabbi Shalom? And everybody knows what the answer is. So big. <laughs> the Rabbanu Shalom is infinite. So what happens when you put the infinite soul into the finite body? It should make the body 
itself infinite, especially in the model that we've been discussing throughout Beratius, including last week, where the spiritual conquers the physical, where it's not hidden inside, but rather it takes over and it shines through, like it did by Maishar Rabbeinu, like it did by Adam Arishain. As the Gemara says in Chagiga, Adam Arishain, mina aretz adlerakia. Adam Arishain was all the way from the earth to the heavens. He, he existed within the world, of course, but he filled it. As finite as the world was, that's as finite as Adam Arishain was. He wasn't some little thing within the world. He was the, he was the Rabbeinu's piece in the world. So he filled it. The Gemara Chagiga also speaks about how he made the sun pale in comparison. But Adam Arishain was when he sinned, he got smaller. Because the chelek, the b'nei o'eleikim component of the human being, is dynamic. And unfortunately here the dynamism is downward, not upward. He shrunk, and therefore he shrunk physically, and therefore lifespan shrunk. Everything got smaller. We have to see, we have to understand that a human being, as a human being, should be gargantuan, giant, huge, impossibly large. Was Moshe Benin tall? Moshe says Moshe Benin was tall, very tall. He put up the, the Mishkan, and the walls of the Mishkan were ten amos. He spread the curtain over the Mishkan. What's the famous place of giants? It's Kiryat Arba. He chevron beretz kenan. Kiryat Arba is Hebron in the land of Canaan. Arba is Achim and Sheshevetalmai, the giants, the, the four giants that are there, Achim and Sheshevetalmai v'Aviyem, or the four Zugais, the four pairs who were buried there. Adam and Chava, Avram and Sora, Yitzchak and Rivka, etc. Why would that place, why would that city have these two features. It's the place of the giants, and it's the place of the Aves and Imois. And it's connected to Gan Eden. And it's the entranceway to Gan Eden. Now you're getting mystical. Don't worry, it's okay, you can get mystical. <coughs> <laughs> then what you just said, the spirituality of the bigger people, of the, of the giants, eat high, and the Avos also spiritually on high. So there's physical greatness and there's spiritual greatness. And I know that sounds corny. I'm sorry. But it's a pasuk. Excuse me that the sheet today is somewhat incomplete. I want you to look, turn over your sheet, if you will, to source ches. The name of Chevrain was Arba, the city of Arba. Odom ha-godol ba-nokimhu. The man who was Godel Ba'anokim, who was the greatest amongst giants. 
And the land was quiet from war. Right? This is Yeshua. This is the world of conquest. They conquered Hebron. The Adam Hagodol Banokim. Who's the Adam Hagodol Banokim? Says Rashi. Aviyam Shalachim and Sheishevatalmai. The father of the famous three giants, Achim and Sheishevatalmai. He was the giant amongst giants. His name was Arba, according to Chazal. Interesting. Kiryas Arba is not four, but his name was Arba. Okay, maybe it was four people, the father and his three sons. When it refers to the Gal it's referring to Avram. Avram was the giant, the giant of giants. Continues Rashi. It says, and the earth, the land was quiet from war. What does that mean? Simple pshat is, after Yeshua came in and he did all of his wars, 14 years, of uh, seven years of kibush, of conquest, the land was silent from war. No more wars. Says Rashi, no. You know what it's referring to? It's referring to the 40 years that Canaan was spared destruction. What 40 years was Canaan spared destruction? Mitzrayim was destroyed when the Jewish people left. What was the schedule? How long was it supposed to be till we got to Eretz Yisrael? Negligible. 50 days till we got to Arsinai. Maybe another 50 days that we go to Eretz Yisrael. Nope. It was much longer. We did the Ched Ha'egel. We nearly derailed the whole thing. We did the Ched HaMaraglim. We derailed it for 40 years. But you know what? Canaan, that means they got a respite of 40 years. Did they have a schus for that? You know, we were only supposed to go to Interis Yisrael. Shinismali Sasam. You know, when they sinned so much, the Pasuk says in Brisbane Absarim that they now deserve to go away. But they got a 40-year stay. Why did they get a 40-year stay? Says Chazal... Because in Hebron, there was a conversation. When was that conversation? Anybody remember? Parshas Chayisara. When Avram Avinu came to bury his wife, Sarah. And what happened? They said to him, Avram, you're an Asiya Lekim. You're a divine prince in our midst. Say Chazal. Because they recognized Avram as Nasi Aleikim, therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu delayed their destruction 40 years. How's that Mida Keneged Mida? How's that Mida Keneged Mida? How's that Mida Keneged Mida? Great question. But this Rashi is saying this, and it's a Sifrei in Vayikra, by the by Kemaser Mitzrayim or Kemaser Kenan, where the Torah equates, don't do like the Mitzrayim, don't do like Kenan. Both of them were depraved. So then why did Mitzrayim get destroyed 40 years before Kenan? Because in Kenan, in Hebron, they had a recognition of the greatness of Avram. And they called him Ha'odam Hagodol Ba'anokim, the greatest of giants. Now you understand here. That means that the giants recognized him as a giant? That's a big thing. What does that mean? You know, if let's say we're sitting around here, right, today, and we're learning, we're learning Chumash, and we're trying to learn Chumash deeply, 
and comes along. He's not going to be able to do it this visit, unfortunately, because he has to leave very, very early Sunday morning. Comes along once in a while. We get Rabbi Hartman here. <clears throat> right, the, Rabbi Hartman is a giant. I say, you know, like, you know, we like this, we like learning, but boy, wow, Rabbi Hartman is here. A giant. Gewaldic, right? If we're sitting here around this table and um, whatchamacallit shows up, um, what's the name of that guy? Warren Buffett shows up over here, right? So we'll also say that he's a giant. Litsa Arena will say that he's a giant, right? Why? Because we also like money. But let's say Warren Buffett has a table like this of people sitting around with him and talking money. And Rabbi Hartman shows up and sits at the head of the table. Will they say, wow, a giant? They'll say, uh, sir, what's your net worth? They say, you want to know what I'm worth? Right? They're not going to be impressed that his net worth is 40 volumes of the, of the morale annotated. Hundreds of Talmidim. They'll say, but Rabbi, you actually you need to get donations to publish those books? You're worthless. Why? Because there's a currency in every culture. And in that culture, you respect the things which are there. But you understand that the people of Hebron, who were physically giants, they were giants of physicality. They saw Avram, little Jewish guy, the original little Jewish guy, and they said, he is a giant. And that is a madrega. That allowed them to be 40 years. That gave them a 40-year stay. That is a madrega. I would like to suggest to you something, and it's opposite. I, it's, that didn't, I, I didn't say that right. I want to suggest to you the depth of this with contrast. Let's say it that way. That's more, that's clear. When did Avram Avinu get the title Nesia Lekim? The first time we hear him being called Nesia Lekim is in Hebron at the time of his burial. Chazal say it came to him earlier. Where did it come to him? It came to him when Avram Avinu went to fight the battle against the four kings. And when he went to battle against the four kings, and he won, and he came back, the Pasuk says that they came to Emek Shavei, who Emek HaMelech, to the valley of Shavei, the valley of the king. So what does that mean to Emek Shavehu Emek HaMelech? Says the Medrash that they all here I'm going to read you the Medrash you'll have it Rashi brings it in part
Elemek Shove Rabrachiv Rav Chanina. This is Medrish Rabba Bereshis Parsha Mem Gimel. In some editions, letter Vav. In some editions, a different letter. Shesham Hushfu Kal Umaisa'ilam. All of the nations developed a consensus. The Kotetu Arazim, they cut down cedar trees, Vasu Bima Gedaila, and they made a big stage, big platform. Vaishivu Aisa Besaicha Lamala. And they put it in this amek. They put Avram Avinu on top of the stage. And they were praising him. And they said, Listen to us, our master. What's that? That's a quote from Parshas Chayisar. Eloika at Oleinu. You are a king, you are a prince, you are our God. Let the world not be lacking its king, let the world not be lacking its God. Avram Avinu Kedarko redirected the honor to the Rabbinic just like when he gave people a meal. They wanted to thank him, it's not me, it's the Rabbinic But this is the incident where Avram Avinu was declared Nesia Loikim. And by the way, the Medrash says the same thing in Parshas Chayesara, where they actually have that Nesia Loikim And what does it say? Says the the uh, Medrash. Same thing, same thing. But here, again, it says that he got that title here when he fought the the, the battle. Look what happened. Why would so, they call who, him a god? Like an understand call him a Why would they call him a god? He did everything to take care of the world the way God was expected to. Why did he disabuse him of that and say there's really a, a God? That's what he said. Oh. He said, let the world not be lacking its God. Don't, 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 uh, don't say it's me. There's a Rabbi Nishalayim. Avram came out to Emek they came to Emek and he was greeted by two kings. He was greeted by the king of Shalem, who was Shem ben Nayach, who was a Kohen, Lekel Elyon, a Kohen to serve God. And he came out and he blessed Avram to God. The king of Stoim also came out. And what did he say? He said the following haunting phrase Tainli Anefesh, Varchushkachloch, give me the souls, you take the money. Now, we, we've read that Pasuk a hundred times, and we understand it was simply a, like a transaction. You know, you won the war. Technically, maybe you're entitled to everything. I would like to have my country back. I'd like to have my city back, whatever Saddam would be called. I want to have my people back. Give me my people back. You can keep the spoils. We'll start from scratch. Okay, but now I want you to close your eyes. Please, everyone, please, close your eyes. You don't have to clasp hands. <laughs> Close your eyes and think about that phrase. Somebody said to Avram Avinu, give me the soul, you keep the money. Do you realize what a horrible phrase that is? 
Okay, so maybe it's taken out of context. But guys, your masters are taking things out of context. <laughs> Sorry, you, you said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> Give me the souls, you keep the money. The king of Sedaim would get his souls back. He'd get his souls back. And he would preside over them into the grave. Not into the grave, into the fireball that was the destruction of Sedaim. Because Sedaim, neighboring on Avram, saved by Avram, had zero recognition of what Avram had to offer. So much so that when Avram did what he did, and so many people came out and said, Wow, the Siela Kimata Bisaikhainu. And Malkitzerek Melech Sholem, Borach, 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 you know, wow, 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 wow. The king of Sedaim says, You probably want the money from this deal, don't you? And Avram says, I don't want to touch the stuff. I'm not interested in your money. Don't you understand why I went to war? I didn't go to war for money. I heard that my brother was taken captive. And that's what I'm here for, to save him. I don't want your money. I came to save a life. I came to save your lives. And you think I wanted the money. You just don't get it. Now, Avram doesn't say you just don't get it. But we know now they didn't get it. So listen to it. It's awesome. The people of Hebron got destroyed 40 years later than the people, the people of Canaan, excuse me, as emblematic, the people of Hebron then got destroyed 40 years later. Why? Because they recognized the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The people of Sedaim got destroyed 400 years earlier. Why? <laughs> they were the beneficiaries of Avra, and they didn't recognize it. They were pawns of their own king. Hans? Maybe. They traveled. Avram had a tent for the Ivan Vishavim. They traveled in and out of Sodom. He didn't manage to be Mashpia. They weren't Tzadikim Besaychayir. They weren't righteous people within the city. You can't always say we were just following orders. They didn't get it. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. But to be able to appreciate, to sit around Warren Buffett's conference table and recognize the greatness of Rabbi Hartman. To sit around Hebron, where you got all these huge strapping guys, and then they see Avram and they say, but you know what? You're big. That's a big deal. The Shevach. It wasn't enough to save them forever, you understand, but it was enough to get them, to buy them 40 years, to buy them an, a generation. Okay. So we're finished. We're not finished for two reasons. First of all, it's 9.25. Second of all, <laughs> just kidding. Right? We're not finished because we're not close to finished. We're mamish not close to finished, but we'll have to finish soon. But, but, but this, this is an incredibly powerful thing. Why is that?
So they came to recognize Avram as Nasir Lekim when? When he did this battle against Saddam. Why was he so recognized when he did this battle against Saddam? I mean, was this like Avram's spiritual thing? Avram was, you know, Machnesairach, you know, and, and, and taught people about God in that context. Why over here did they recognize him as an Asiyalikim? I want to add to you another Medrash with Akasha. Okay? And you, if you look in the Chumash, sorry, none of this is on your sheet. Bah! Sorry about that. If you look in the Chumash, the Chumash says the following thing when Avram Vina was fighting this battle. The Emek Hasidim Beres Beres Chemer. Emek Hasidim was filled with pits of lime, and the king of Stom and Amora were running away, and they fell in there. And Nisharim Heranasu, everybody else headed for the hills, etc. Says Rashi, brings the Medrash. Shohayatit Mugbal Bahem, these lime pits were where they actually mixed the mud for building. And therefore, they were actually heated mud pits. It was a miracle that they got out of there. They fell in there, and it was a miracle that they got out. There some people didn't believe the story about Avram Avinu being saved from the Kivshan Aish. But when these guys got out, they said, wow, it could happen. Fantastic. Now they believed in Avram Lamafreya. Now they believed in Avram retroactively. Right? Ramban asks, I don't get it. Avram did it because he was a tzaddik. If they were saved, it's not because he's a tzaddik. It was the king of Stoim is also saved. So, like, why, you know, like, what's going on? You believe such a miracle could happen? That's enough. Says Ramban, Avram pulled him out. So they understood that it was Bishos Avram. Whatever. So it's a, it's a, it, that, that's an issue inside. But it's a funny thing. Because if I would ask you, why would people say Nasiya like him? I would say it would be because he went into the Kivshan Haish, believing in God, and he survived. This story is not as dramatic as that. This story, by the way, has the same protagonist, right? Because who was leading the battle of the four kings? Amraphel. Who was Amraphel? Nimrod, the same Nimrod. But only here does he get the title of Nasi Kim. Only here does he get, do they now retroactively believe in the story of the Kivshan Ha'esh? Why is that? Just because of that personal interaction. And there was another one they just read in the papers? Yeah. Maybe. But listen to this. Medrash Rabbah, same section, but earlier paragraph. Mem Gimel Beis. Rav Nachman, Omar Avram, Omar, Avram, Hayrik Ponim Kenegdan. Avram Avinu sort of paled his face opposite them. Omar, he said, I'm going to go to fight the battle, Al Kiddush Hashem. What on earth is the falling in battle, Al Kiddush Hashem, over here? He was going to save light. What's that, Kiddush Hashem? 
did anybody say do this or I'll destroy your faith? Okay, so maybe I'm Raphael and so on will say that he, you know, he maybe he was after there was some hidden agenda about that. Listen to what the Eitz Yosef commentary of the Medrash says in the name of an earlier commentary, the Efeit Tayar. Lahatzil Oshuk Miad Oishkov. The Kiddush Hashem was he was going to save the oppressed from the hands of their oppressors. She'ein kiddush Hashem gadol mizeh. There's no sanctification of Hashem's name greater than that. The story of Avram going to save Lot is a story of Avram loyalty to his brother. The story of Avram going to save the whole city of Sodom is a story of going to save the defenseless who are being destroyed. And that Avram Avinu risked his life for, in their language, again, it's language of achreinim, you can dispute it, there's no greater Kiddush Hashem than that. But what you see is that Avram Avinu became respected as an Asiya like him, not because of his holiness theologically, but because of its translation in human terms. People were able to realize and to recognize, wow, Look what happens when a person is godly. They save us. They care for us. They do for us. Now, isn't that the opposite of the Dar HaMabu? That's what we've learned. That the Dar HaMabu was the very opposite of that, the very antithesis of that. That's why Avram stands as the contrast to it, as the savior of the generation. That's why Avram stands as the contrast to it. That's the Nesi Elohim. That's the B'nai Elohim. That's the alternative meaning of Nephilim, so to speak, or Anokim, I should say, not Nephilim, but of, of Anokim, of giants. That's the alternative of Anokim. That, yes, in Hebron they recognized it. Elsewhere they didn't recognize it. They fell and they failed. It's such a big deal. I want to end by sharing with you something which I think is so amazing that it might be too wild. But it's really, really an amazing thing. Excuse me for one second while I just bring you the texts so that you will be properly amazed instead of just believing me. I am in Naira. It's really an amazing thing. Here's a Gemara. You've heard this Gemara, certainly if you, if you hang around here, you've heard this Gemara many, many times. It's a Gemara about Kiddush Hashem. It's a Gemara which is found in Maseches Yuma. Um, in Maseches Yuma, Daf Pei, uh, Daf Pei, Pei Vav, Amar Aleph. The Gemara says as follows. It's talking about Chil Hashem, Kiddush Hashem. And the Gemara says, Kiritania v'haftes Hashem elekecho she'yashem shemayim is'ayv al yodecha. You should not just love Hashem, you should bring others to the love of Hashem. People should love Hashem because of you. You should learn Mikra, Torah, Scripture, you should learn Mishnah, you should apprentice with Talmud Chachamim, which is mean learning deeper Talmud. And your interactions with people should be pleasant. What do people say about that person? Ashrei Aviv Shalom Daitaira. Fortunate is the father who taught him Taira. Ashrei Rabbi Shalom Daitaira. Fortunate is his teacher who taught him Taira. Oila Hemla Briya Shalom Daitaira. 
woe to people who didn't have the privilege to learn Torah. Look at so-and-so who learned Tyra, how beautiful are his ways, how correct are his actions. All of regarding him, the Pesach says, They said to me, you are my servant, the Jewish people in whom I take pride. And the Gemara goes then and speaks about the flip side. That's Kiddush Hashem. The Rambam quotes this Gemara, not exactly, paraphrases this Gemara, in Hilchis Yisaydi HaTayra, Perakei, the end of Perakei, where he speaks about things which are Chil Hashem and Kiddush Hashem. And he says as follows, The Chacham was careful. And he spoke pleasantly with people. And he's interacts with them well. He greets them with a, with a good face. And if they hurt him, he doesn't hurt back. He gives honor to them, even to those who treat him lightly. And he does business honestly. And he doesn't sit around with, with peasants, you know, in lengthy, uh, lengthy um, uh, uh, meals, whiling away time. He appears, Isaac Betaira, studying Taira, Otuf Betsitis, Muchtar Betfilin, wrapped in his tzitzis, crowned with his tfilin. And everything he does, he goes beyond the letter of the law. But just to the point where he's not seen as an extremist. And people say, why? What is he doing? They appreciate what he's doing. Till everyone's Everyone praises him, loves him, and desires his actions. He's Kiddush Hashem Hashem. Hashem Of course, the same Pasuk, regarding them, it says, you are my servant, the Jewish people in whom I take pride. So you understand, he's not literally transcribing the Gemara. He puts in stuff. He puts in, crowned with, crowned with tefillin, wrapped in his talis, craft, crowned in his tefillin. Doesn't say that anywhere in the Gemara. It's a whole addition from the from the Rambam. So I want to say to you something, which is which is I don't know if, I don't know if it's right. It may be too far to be right because Rambam changes many things. Avraham Avinu said to the king of Steim, "If from a string to a shoe strap, if I'm going to take any of your money, I don't want you to say I made Avram wealthy." Say Chazal Rashi quotes that because he said from a string to a shoe strap, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him the strings of the tzitzis and the straps of the tefillin. We got tzitzis and tefillin because there was such a thing as the king of Steim. And the king of Steim looked at Avram and said, you're in it for the money. And Avram said, I'm not touching the money. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him something that would make the association of the Jew with God more explicit. He gave him the tzitzis and the tefillin. The world will see that the name of Hashem is called upon you and they will fear from you. That's the tefillin, Shalreish. Tzitzis has its own thing with the tchelis. This is what it's about. To be a Ben Elohim. 
to be a child of God. The name of Hashem is upon you. But how does that come across? When you don't act like these creeps that got washed away in the marble, the Nephilim, who fell. You know, the, the names of destruction were the, was the destruction of Cain. Cain was destruction. Cain was a murderer. This is the, all this horrible Benadam al-Chaveray. That's the opposite of Elohim. How many times have we learned? God gave life. He gave life to the world. Sin was to take away life from the world. That's what makes Nasi Elohim. That's when Avram is recognized. It's amazing. He goes into the Kifsanaish. He comes out. Eh. He goes onto the battlefield to save the people. And suddenly people say, wow, this is a godly person. And Hashem even makes a miracle that makes them now be reminded of the Kifshan Ha'esh, the Talas and the Tefillin, you know. It doesn't work if we're not good. It's better, excuse me for saying it, it's, it's sharp, right? But that's, that's the words of the Gemara, so we don't have to say it. Avo. A person who learns Mikra and Mishnah and, and serves Talmud Chachamim, the ain't masayim atanei be'amuna, and doesn't deal honestly, the ain't dibure benachasim abrias, and he doesn't speak properly with people. What do people say? Woe to so and so who studied Torah. Woe to the father who taught him Torah. Woe to the teacher who taught him Torah. Look how horrible it is. The person who studies Torah. Look what he does. Could one say that the Gemara is essentially saying that it would be better if he hadn't studied Torah? He would have done the same criminal acts, but it wouldn't have brought any disgrace to the Torah, to the Rabbanisham. Now it brings disgrace to the Torah and to the Rabbanisham. Better not to do it. Ouch. <clears throat> okay. It's B'nei Elikim, Avram Avinu, Anakim. There's so much more that could be brought out in this. I wish we had more time. You see even just the things we printed on the sheet. But you got the idea. I think you got the idea. Have a good day.